to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan, and with me, as always, is the more handsome co-host, Logan Stump. Oh, I don't know about that. You got a haircut, though. The last time I saw you, you definitely did not look like this. Yes, but yeah, I'm and you know what? Sure you it's looking more and more thinning as I go. They show, you know, they hold up the mirror to see, show the back of your head, and I see the bald spot getting in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, jeez. Here it goes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, they do that to me, and I go, I, I immediately go, "Oh my god, what did you do?" Like, yeah, I start like, <laughs> "This is not how I thought before. it was going to be." <laughs> I said, "Take an inch off." Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. The, the my hair is is leaving at some point. Um, not great, but uh, glad to have you back, Logan. Glad to have you back to the show. It's been a long time. Um, no, it really does feel like whenever I miss a week, it feels like an eternity. And then I've been so busy. I haven't really talked to you a ton. So, and that's actually not a lie. Like we're not joking this time. Like, yeah, I, no, I yeah. feel like I haven't like talked to you in a long time. So no, it's good to be back. But luckily after this weekend, uh, life is going to slow down tremendously for me. So that'll be good. Yes. So how you doing, Jordan? How's everything going? Every area uh, I saw your union are not great. Um, that's not good. Uh, but everything else, like your your Champions League game, seems to be uh, in decent positioning. But uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I think I think most people would say one one is a fine result. Um, but when you had the lead and you give it up like minutes later, um, that sucks. And then you know, uh, Martinez is going to be uh, out for the game because he got injured. So. It could be better uh, for the union here as they get ready to do leg uh, leg two. I have to say, you know, it's one thing that's driving me nuts is is just the complaints all the time now uh, on social media by the union fans. It, it's happening all the time, Logan. They were just complaining about the fact that L.A. Got their game moved. They were then complaining about us getting the draw with Minnesota United in the Open Cup because it's further away from everyone else. These things happen. This is, I mean, this is just what it is. I, I, I for a team that's been so good these last few years, I just feel like for some reason, 
um, just a lot of complaints about the league and even stuff that's not has to do with the league. And I'm like, just, just get over it. You know, it, it's kind of, I, I don't like to do that whole thing. It, it drives me nuts when Baltimore fans do it too. When they're always like, Oh, the NFL is out to get us or, you know, major league baseball is out to get us. That, that one's more true because of the Angelos's and what they did to the Nats. But you know, it, it still drives me nuts when people think there's some sort of conspiracy against their team all the time, because I feel like most t- fans think that, you know, unless if you're an L.A. team or a New York team, I feel like you usually feel like somebody's against you. Um, so that's one thing that was getting me down. It's like we can't even really enjoy some of this stuff without without that hanging over our heads. And I get it. We're used to we're used to being good right now. So when things are not going your way, you're looking for more things, but I mean, it is what it, if you don't want to, and then they're talking about, you know, the, the short distance between games, like time wise, not, you know, we have like the, what the LA trip, then we're going to go to a league game. And then next week on Tuesday is the open cup game where we have to go to Minnesota and there's just been a lot of complaint, complaints in that department. And, I mean, they're not the ones that make the schedule, right? The The league doesn't make the schedule. We have to fit the Open Cup in at some point. Uh, we also have the League's Cup coming in. Um, I don't know. So, so that's something that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way uh, the last, I don't know, two weeks, where it feels like it's just constant complaining. And... Not even about stuff that we're doing wrong, the team is doing wrong. It's just constant complaining about outside factors that every team really has to deal with. Now, they may not have to travel far. Some of these teams may not have to travel far originally, but there are rules to the Open Cup and the way that they do the draw. Um, Where we got stuck with in a group with uh, like Minnesota, Chicago, and stuff like that, and we could have got any of those teams, and we got Minnesota. That's just the luck of the draw. That's whatever. I understand. I, I think sometimes travel is, and I'm not a professional athlete, so this might come across dumb. I feel like sometimes travel is overstated. I do think it's overstated at times because um, th- they're usually, especially nowadays, they are flying better flights. Like a couple years ago, before some of these CBA changes, they were, you know, not taking chartered flights or, you know, sometimes they still don't take chartered flights, I guess. But, I mean, that's on the team and that's on the owner, too, on when they can do a chartered flight. So so there's, there's things here that can make it better. And I know I've traveled before, right? So I understand that traveling does take a toll on you. But I do look at some other sports, Logan, where they travel um, more frequently, you know every three days after a baseball series, you know, where they're traveling maybe to California, then to Texas and then back for a homestand and they have to turn right back around and play. And I know they're not as active as a soccer player, but I mean, sometimes we we don't really use that excuse in baseball and stuff. So I I just think it's funny that we always focus so much when they still have days to prepare, right? They get there and they still have days to practice days to get set up. I don't know. It's just something that, um, Sometimes I think it's overstated. I mean, it is a lot of miles, but we do play usually the Eastern Conference more to limit some of that travel. 
Yeah, unless you're a Dynamo fan, you have no real complaints. Um. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I talked about this on last week, I think it was, or maybe it was on the, I definitely talked about it um, last week, I think, when uh, the Dynamo went ahead and they were also playing the, the Rowdies in the Open Cup. And I'm like, oh, there they are going to another Eastern Conference team. Wrong league, but another Eastern Conference team. Just funny how that works out. They didn't have to worry about it this week. They no, they don't. They don't have to worry about <laughs> it again for another um, until August. I think is the next time they play an Eastern yeah. Conference team. I think they got one in October, and that's it. So they really yep. front loaded their schedule for that's no brutal, reason. Though. Yeah, no reason. But we'll dive in here. Just had to get some complaints off my chest, I guess. So then I was the one complaining. Um, Justin Miram traded from RSL to Charlotte that happened on Friday. Uh, so Miram now is on his one, two, three, four, fifth, six MLS team. Cause he played for the crew, Orlando, Atlanta, RSL. So that's five. I can't count. That's five, uh, teams now that he is joining. Pretty interesting. He, he's had some trouble sticking around since he, moved originally from the crew to Orlando and then he's just kind of bounced away, bounced around. Uh, and then DC United have signed Eric Hurtado from San Antonio FC. So this is a former MLS player as well. He's played for the white caps, sporting Kansas city, Montreal and the crew. And he comes in now um, from San Antonio to DC United. So that's, that's pretty interesting. I like when we see like uh, inner U.S. moves with uh, within the pyramid like that. Those are your big news there. Not much to really get into, but let's go ahead and take a look at the standings here where New England and Cincinnati had just played each other and they split the points. So both of them are in the same spot they were, which is tied for first place, New England leading due to goals four. And um, they've scored 16. Cincinnati scored 13. They're both on 21 points in first and second. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting. That was my game of the week, Logan. I'm not sure if you knew that, but that was my game of the week last week. While you were out, I said, you know, these are the top two teams in the East. This has got to be match of the week. And Cincinnati took the lead. Boateng equalized in the 45th plus third minute. And that was all she wrote for that game. And it leaves both of these teams at the top, which I think we were both kind of surprised by New England being up here. Uh, but really, they've just been so good, especially at home where they have not lost a game yet. Yeah, they did lose um, Dylan Barrero. Uh, I think I, I haven't seen whether that was for season, but it looked like for season, looked like a knee injury. Um, and it was a, a gruesome injury. They had to stretch him off. Um, so not good. Uh, definitely a, a attacking player that they're going to miss tremendously. Um, I think that that was one concern that we had. It's just, you know, with Carlos heel and uh, kind of his uh, tendency to carry that team, you know, having another option to go to, like a Dylan Barrero, was going to be huge. But now losing him for the season, 
you know, the Revs will kind of be reeling here. I think they'll be looking for pieces that can kind of fill in. They do have a good player, Bobby Wood, who I think can kind of fill that void of goal scoring and creating chances um, just because I think Bobby's done it um, for so long. But again, you're relying on a Bobby Wood that's 30 years old. So it's, you know, not that that's extremely old, but for, for this league, I mean, it's starting to get towards where you're, you're coming down off of what you've been. So, and he's always had health issues. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how they, how they adjust to that. I don't imagine Petrovic being around much longer. I think his days are limited with the revs because I mean, he's constantly getting recognized on Twitter by all these sources that we have. Obviously you and I follow a ton of the English sources and there's a ton of English premier league teams that are interested in him. I mean, goalkeepers are, um, very difficult to find. And when you can find good ones, you hang on to them. Um, but I'm not sure the Revs can do that. I think that the the asking price is going to be massive. Um, but then again, uh, Cincinnati, another team at the top, like you said, they're losing people. Brenner's going to be gone. Brandon Vasquez, I imagine, will be gone as well. Um, it's a matter of time before teams start snuffing around and seeing if they'll let loose of Blucho. And if that's a, a possibility at all, that could be a disaster for a Cincinnati team that I thought was kind of headed towards the pinnacle. Um, and they might still, but Jordan, I can't imagine them losing the the top two attacking players and keeping pace with what they've done so far. Bruce Arena said after the draw here that Dylan's injury looks like a serious injury. I haven't gotten confirmation, but I think it's a serious knee injury. So um yeah, it doesn't sound doesn't sound good. Uh you just said about Cincinnati, yes, Brenner moved to is moving to Udinese. Uh, the club announced on Wednesday as they are making a move for $10 million fee plus add-ons and a sell percentage, um, which is a Cincinnati record transfer. And it is in the top 10 expensive outbound transfers in league history. I'm not sure on when it says his final match will be on July 1st, they said. So there you go. Like, do you do you feel confident that Sergio Santos can kind of step in and be like a, a stopgap? Because you've seen that enough. No. Like, I just, I, I, that's what I thought. Like, I, I feel like he's just, just a shell of what Brenner is. Like, just a complete shell. Like, I just can't imagine him, you know, pocketing five or six goals. Literally. But here's the thing: if they take that ten mil, yeah, and they put it towards some nice players, then, um when the window opens up in the summer, then then maybe yeah. they don't miss a beat. Right. But it is, uh, yeah, it, it could be. Just could imagine be Messi eating skyline chili. What a, what a sight that would be. He'll eat it when he visits as <laughs> Miami players, when he will. I'm sure he's looking at Miami going, you know what? I saw Forget Beckham. Beckham was at PSG. Beckham was at PSG and he took a picture oh, of Messi. Gosh. Now Beckham also played for PSG. So, I don't know. People were really eating that up. Messi like was probably like, who's this British dude? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Gordon Ramsay? Another um, transfer deadline day thing was CJ Sapong left Nashville and goes to Toronto and um, so confused made that. a debut on Saturday night for Toronto and, uh, you know, played pretty well, um, scored a goal. So, I mean, he... Uh, he he's another one that's been uh, all over journeyman the place yeah. 
I wouldn't even say journeyman because I feel like he's made it. Like, I mean, there was you weren't around then, no, I wasn't Logan, around then, but no. hey, there was a time where he was one of the premier um, strikers in the league. I mean, really, it was probably two seasons with, with Cincinnati. I mean, uh, with sporting when he was there, but um, I don't know. Maybe they could use him right now, but he also played for the union for four seasons. But yeah, what was his best goals in a season was, um, oh, okay, here you go. Here's his career high in goals. An MLS player was the Philadelphia Union in 2017 when he scored 16 goals. CJ did? Yes, yep. Oh, man, Nashville could really use somebody like CJ Sapone. <laughs> yeah, well, he scored 12 <laughs> for them in 2021. I mean, that's not I know, that I, I, never got, I didn't understand. When I saw this move, I was like, like I get it from an aspect of, like, he's never really panned out to to be the guy that they thought, but, like, he was never the guy unless yeah, he was he, in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Like He had no goals in yeah, eight games it. played this year until he made his debut for Toronto. And then he wants to score. That's wild. Yeah. Look at that guy. But you know what? Maybe a good move for both. Nashville beat Atlanta 3-1. Toronto got a win. That was huge for Toronto. They've been struggling in the win column, but they're now above Philadelphia Union. They sit ninth place, Toronto does. They played one more than Philly, though, so that can all come crashing down. Um, But yeah, Nashville beat Atlanta 3-1 in what was a pretty fun match on Saturday. You had... Fafa Picot scoring, right? He's been a good pickup. You had Teal Bunbury scoring. And um, Almada with the penalty kick. And then, of course, to seal it, Schaffelberg, who's who's been on the score sheet a couple of times this season. Uh, so pretty good season Schaffelberg's having. 3-1 Nashville at home over Atlanta. I saw some Atlanta fans being like, well, we haven't been good for a long time. And I'm like, you guys played pretty well to start the season. Um, I mean, they're in third place in the East. It's not like they're terrible. You, you just lost to a rival. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Away from home, you, too. Yeah. And if you look at Nashville, too, like, I mean, Nashville's a totally different monster at home. And then they also defend. They're back to defending like they have in the past which is really not good for the East. Like they'll never, they'll never, they'll never win a game where they just go out there and outscore you a ton. Like obviously this one, but like they're not a team that's going to race up and down, score a bunch of goals to beat you. They're going to defend. Um, and so I think that's the thing that, that catches my eye with Nashville, at least if they could ever Jordan find somebody that just scores except Hani Mukhtar, like this team would be mm-hmm. easily the top of the East, but they cannot find, they, they still have 11 goals. Like there's so many teams above them in goal scoring that shouldn't have any right to be above them in goal scoring. Like a Toronto, um, I'd say even like Montreal uh, or not Montreal, uh, Charlotte. I was, say, I was like not Montreal. At? Sorry, <laughs> I was like the wrong. <laughs> I was looking at the wrong scorecard or the wrong side of this thing. No, but like having like a Charlotte up there, one goal underneath you, like that. That's where you kind of place national attack is just just good enough above Charlotte. So I don't know. Like, I, I just look at their defense. They look great. Um, having Walker Zimmerman back there. I mean, that's just. Yeah. If I had asked you before the show, who had the least amount of goals given up in the East, would you have said Nashville? Yeah. I feel like we would say that because we watch it all the time, but I, I feel record. like in my mind, I would have been like new England 
But New England's been, been good. so good. They've only yeah. given up nine, right? But you yeah. have Nashville only given up six. I feel like New England maybe had like a game too where they just let loose of goals. I can't remember if that's correct, but for some reason, why does like a four one or something? Maybe they didn't. I can check. But like I feel like was it a DC game that they played against them? They had a bunch of goals scored on them. Um. Oh, LAFC beat them four nil. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. So you take out like that really bad game. Like it was a really bad game. They yeah, then they would only given up uh, yeah. uh, eight. No, not, well, not eight. Nine minus four, five. Five. Yeah. <laughs> eight. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> LAFC goals count different. Um, like, there's a conspiracy should, here. Should, um, the league is after the league's after everybody else. So. <laughs> Chicago Fire, they've been kind of hot and cold this year, right? Um, mostly cold. Uh, but they've had some spells. They're in 11th place, Logan. But they blew it again. A late equalizer off of a corner kick. Last week, they gave up a stoppage time w- winner to Atlanta. Um, match day four, they had a late tying goal for Cincinnati. So it's just kind of they are doing this they've dropped six points from winning positions and they have uh, a league worst minus four goal differential after the 75th minute that tweet was from tom bogert who moved to the athletic so congratulations tom but yeah so uh, you know fire kind of like i said hot and cold like they're they're pretty good until like the 75th minute and then they give up uh, a big goal it happened here where they gave up an equalizer to the Red Bulls um, who, uh, you know, walk out of this away game now with a, with a point. I didn't thought, I mean, I, like you look at it and I, they've just not been getting results, but I, I mean, honestly, if I'm the Chicago fire fan um, that I know listens to this, uh, I, I think I'd be like, I'd be kind of happy with the position. Uh, I think, Honestly, uh, most people had them as probably favorites to win Wooden Spoon up against maybe some had DC United possibly. Um, but like, I, I think a lot of people would have picked Chicago um, to be that Wooden Spoon winner, um, us included. Um, Who had but, Sporting Kansas City as the Wooden Spoon winner? Because so far they're looking pretty sharp. That's, dude, like that's not even, <laughs> it's not even close. It's not, it's Ronaldo. Like, could you imagine if Cristiano had come? Like, It'd be like Zava that. going to Richmond. <laughs> He'd be like, "What is in the world is this? Like, what's happened?" Um, but no, I, Jordan. You know what's shocking to me is the fact that the Red Bull are on the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Like that, in all honesty, is probably the biggest shock of the season so far. Yeah, yeah. You know what's even more shocking is that they still have uh, they have nine points. Yeah. Uh, on the season, which is six better. Then the last place in the Kansas City, at this rate, Kansas City would need another 20 games to even try to match what the Red Bulls have currently. That's crazy. We'll move on to the West in a little bit, but New York Red Bulls, yes, they sit bottom. Uh, Montreal has somehow dug themselves out. They have three wins now as they beat the aforementioned Kansas in Kansas City. I don't know, man. 
let's talk Kansas City real quick. Jack texted me after this game and said, how long does Vermees have? And I said, I think they give him the whole year still. But I don't think he should have it. Like, I do think that they're like, we've, we're ride or die with this guy. And even when they do let him go, Logan, I think it'll be one of those we mutually decided to part ways. Like, I don't think they're going to throw Vermees under the bus here as much as, like, Vermees out was trending on Twitter the other day. Like it, it, we knew coming into the season because of the injuries that they've had that their defense was going to be atrocious. It's it's lived up to that hype, but dude, they've scored three goals, <laughs> three. Like we knew that their attack was a problem last year, and they didn't have Alan Polito. They get a star striker in a DP that also gets hurt. I forget. I'd never remember the guy's name. He left. Uh, that's how quickly it, it didn't work out. But it, it just seems like with Sporting KC, it's just like it, it is. We've, we've talked about this in the past where we're like, okay, teams that are historically bad, like historically bad, this might be the year where we get one of the worst MLS teams we've ever seen, and that's in Sporting Kansas City. Like, they can't even draw. Like, they can't even get points. Like, they, they, it's it's a clear struggle. Seven losses already? <laughs> that's insane. Like, that that's nuts. Ten games. Do you know how bad you have to be, Logan, to give Montreal <laughs> their first away yes. win? Yes, Their first really away bad. win of the they season. They can't defend. Yeah. 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 Montreal was 0-5-0 when they go visit Sporting Kansas City. They're like, we can't even draw on the road. And they win 2-0 to Kansas City? Both goals in the first half? It's insane. SKC had more possession. They had more shots. They even had more shots on goal. They just can't actually get it into the back of the net. And now I'm real curious here. This is 10 games that they have not won a match. Johnny Russell said, we just don't look anything like the team that we were. I genuinely don't know how to fix it. People are saying he may have lost the locker room. For me, it's not Johnny Russell. Um, who knows? Maybe Johnny Russell could be a better I was manager. Say he's out there wandering around the concourse, going, "Where the <laughs> hell did the locker room go?" <laughs> yeah, where is it? It was a home game too. Um, Vermees said, "I understand it's not good enough, and the responsibility is on me. I get it. This is the same guy that a few weeks ago said there are no must-win games in MLS until the playoffs. I'm starting to feel like every game is a must-win for them now, if they even want to sniff the playoffs. But the issue is, Logan, when they expand this playoffs to." nine teams they're only eight points out of a playoff spot now that course that keeps getting longer right like a couple weeks ago we were like they're only five points out of a, or two points out of a playoff spot they are now eight points out that's more than double how many points they have in the season already so again for them to even try to catch up if they keep going at the rate that they're going it's going to take um if it took them 10 games to have three points, it's going to take them 20 games to have six points. If they go in that pace, they're still not going to catch up and get into a playoff spot. I th- I'm calling it now. This team is done. This team is wooden spoon winners. I'm going to call it now 10 games into the season. They win the wooden spoon. You know, it's even worse too. I'm looking at this. Uh, there's only, 
So from 14 to nine in the Western Conference, Jordan, there are currently four teams that have only played nine games. So you're looking at an LA Galaxy team that could win and go up yep. to maybe at nine points. And there'd so be a six talking, point gap. Yeah. Yeah. A six point gap between them. And then everybody else could go flying up too. not that they probably would. But if they all get a point, let's just say like then the number nine spot becomes nine points away. And we're already, uh, you know. Uh, almost a quarter of the way through the season or sorry, a third of the way through the season. So it's like, at what point, I, like you said, at what point do they get rid of Ramiz? And I think it is going to be one of those situations where they just let him coach. Cause there's nothing else out there. Like what, what are they going to do? Like fill in with an interim player, or like a coach and just say, okay, well, I guess you can step in and try to care. Maybe you Anthony ha- Hudson. You have to though. <laughs> uh, I, I think at some point you have to, because yeah. fans are going to stop showing up. If you can't risk this. I mean, Kansas City has one of the best fan bases in the league. Yeah. One of the best stadiums. You know, they fill that thing up all the time. You cannot risk this just being seen as a lost season. And at least firing your manager might might come out as, we're trying. We're trying here. We know three points, ten games in is not enough. We haven't won yet. Those three points are all from draws. Like they should know that isn't good enough. And it sounds like they do, but they have to make some sort of movement to that. I understand not wanting to get rid of the guy that brought you an MLS cup and not wanting to get, you know, a guy that had you constantly competing, winning an open cup, winning was part of the DNA of this fabric since they changed their name from the wizards to sporting Kansas city. But guess what? They're playing like the wizards out there. I'll tell you that much. They're playing awful. And there has to be a way to show the fans that, you know, we're not going to take it. We're going to part ways. We thank you, Peter, for everything you've done. But now we have to, I mean, I was totally wrong on this, right? Before this, I was like, Peter Vermees will have this team ready. Uh, He doesn't have it anymore. And it's fine. That happens. We've, you know, there was a time where Sir Alex Ferguson walked away. Now, of course, he walked away at the top of his game, but I would think that even if he was struggling, he probably would have been like, you know, I'm making it worse, <laughs> right? Um, we have a comment. Uh, Without the threat of relegation, there is no need for the, their suits to, dare I say, panic and fire their franchise demigod. And that's part of the problem. And what what compounds that, and I wouldn't even say relegation, what compounds that is giving more playoff spots. The fact that they can point this and say, oh, we're only three wins out. Um, you haven't won yet, so I don't know why you think you're going to win three, but that's what people would say. Now, even if you draw the line at seven, they're only nine points out. That's only four wins uh, to jump above them, you know, three wins to tie it. And that in there lies the problem when you keep expanding. I mean, there's going to be a point, Logan. And look, it's not as bad yet because I'm doing the closed pyramid, right? And there are some leagues that have nine teams like Nisa and let six of their teams into the playoffs and only three are missing out. Uh, USL has like six out of their 12 in each division as well. Um, so, you know, there are problems with this and just American soccer, but I think while the threat of relegation is not there, the threat of alienating your fan base and having people not show up is a very real thing. 
because, I mean, what do we always show when we're showing highlights of, like, these hype videos? It's the fans. The fans waving their TIFOs, waving their flags, setting off smoke bombs, whatever, chanting, jumping up and down. If you have nobody there for your match day, uh, your match day atmosphere, there's nothing to market in that regard. They'll have to use clips from 2012, 2013 when they were actually competitive. And what's so shocking is that it was literally just what, two seasons ago that they were actually, that they were actually uh, there, that they were competitive. And then they had injuries last season and we all thought, or some of us thought not, you know, some people predicted this. I thought their injuries are better some of those injuries were to strikers. I thought they would just be able to actually, you know, turn it around and they just look lifeless. And we have another comment here, uh, also saying empty seats speak volumes. That is true. That's what, I, yeah, exactly. So if you, Kansas City fans, if you are actually upset, stop going. Pull an LA Galaxy. Um, and, and that's where, I mean, we're talking about two historic clubs, two original clubs from 1996 that are absolutely struggling to get anything going. The story should be LA Galaxy having six points, but the story is Sporting, sporting Kansas City having three. You know, like, and even then, I was going to talk about Orlando and LA. That's a staple win for Orlando three years ago, four years ago, this year, it's like, you should beat LA Galaxy. But we're not even leading with that because Sporting Kansas City is historically bad. We were talking about Montreal maybe being the historically bad team this year, and it's just completely, Montreal starting to get some momentum under Losada a bit. All they had to do was go and face Sporting Kansas City, and everything was made better. And we looked at their schedule how long ago, Logan. It doesn't get easier, right? This this gets worse for Kansas City. Let's pull it back up again and see where do we see their win coming from. I said if they don't win against Montreal, it's going to be a tough time. Okay, their next game is against Minnesota, LAFC, St. Louis. Portland, Dallas, Vancouver, Austin, LAFC, LA Galaxy. I mean, Austin's a real possibility because they've sucked too. But I'm looking at LA Galaxy sporting Kansas City. We're going to have a bottom of the Battle of the West in June 21st. It's it's just crazy. I can't get over this. These were teams that were constantly good yeah i mean i don't like i was gonna ask you this because uh, i mean not to really just change topic but it's just on the same topic but i was gonna ask you this so they're currently and i think what you were talking about is that if you miss the playoffs then your franchise be damned because like to miss the playoffs when 18 teams make the playoffs is embarrassing um so the teams that are left out, I'm looking at this list, Jordan, and these are teams that have, for the most part, been disappointments for two years now. So you're looking at RSL would miss the playoffs starting today, Austin, Colorado, LA Galaxy, and Sporting Kansas City. Those five teams were legit in the last two years, good playoff teams at some point. 
that's wild to me. Like those were teams that were sitting in the playoffs or had success in the playoffs. RSL had that little run that they went on. They were really good to begin the season last year. And so you went to their stadium and destroyed them. Um, the Rapids. And they the were crazy thing the is West. I haven't even gone to Kansas city yet. So like, I, uh, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not the curse of Jordan this time, right, I guess. Right. It's just something I, completely different. It's honestly what it is. But I wanted to ask you this, cause I think it's a fun question. So we're looking at the 10, would it be 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Sorry, it would be 11 teams. I don't really count the union in this. So we'll skip the union. So we'll say 10. So with the Chicago Fire, Inter Miami, Montreal, Charlotte, Red Bull, and then you've got the five I just listed in RSL, Austin, Rapids, Galaxy, Sporting. Mm-hmm. Do any of their coaches make it through this year? Any of them? Like, this could be a wild, like... Because seriously, all five of the the Red Bulls. So we could start with this. I can ask you just quick fire. Do you think Chicago Fire with uh, Ezra Hendrickson? Do you think that he stays? No. Gary Neville. Well, Gary Neville's not coaching. Not but Phil Neville. Neville yes. right, I always do that. Phil Neville. Gary Neville <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, Phil Phil Neville. That's the that's the one. I that's don't know. One, yeah. I don't know because he is friends, but also. Uh, I I think I'll say no. I I think whether he leaves or he gets fired, I'll say no. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't come back next year. This one's tough too. Aaron Losada with Montreal. I have to see more because yeah. they are starting to get a little bit more momentum. Um, by that I mean they've won two straight. So, and they're shutting out teams. They were leaking goals before. So I have to say, at this rate, if they continue going northward, I would say Lasada stays. Christian Latanzio with Charlotte. Hmm, that's another tough one. I'll say no. Gerhard Struber, Red Bull. No. He should have been gone right. already for how he handled <laughs> Venzier. Yeah, that's true. Uh, how about the Western Conference? Pablo Mastrioni with RSL. Uh, No. Well, Austin, you know what? Yeah. I'll say Mastroini does stay just because uh, the the point the points are very close. So if it can if they've missed out by a point, I think it stays. How about Josh Wolf with Austin? I think the pressure of the Austin fans will convince ownership to move on. Plus, we do not know how much of hiring Wolf was Claudia Reyna. Yeah, Reyna's gone. Um, somebody else might want to make their own um, coaching hire. Robin Frazier with the Rapids? No. Uh, Greg Vanny with the Galaxy? See, I could I could see it more because of I do think the issues stem more than him. Yeah. Uh, well, like Vermees is GM and like kind of like Vermees does build the team, I think, as well. Um, so Vanny, I, it depends on what. I think he'll stay just because I think LA is kind of content with where they are. If they're letting Chris Klein stay right now, I think they'll let Greg Vanny stay. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and I think with his pedigree too, like if I was going to take a coach that really was struggling I, and he would be the one, because with how deep the ownership could be in their pockets, yes. if they ever do get new ownership, like Greg Vanny is that coach that you would just want. And if some other team gets a hold of him, could you imagine if like Austin decided to sign Greg Vanny or like if, a Red Bull sign. I don't think they ever right, would because right. it's totally different styles. But I, you know, people like that. Um, 
and then obviously Peter Vermees. Do you think he stays? Like, I, I don't see No, like, I, I can't see. Yeah. I really do think they'll let him finish the season, but I don't know how you can even do that. And right. I know we're talking about how relegation would maybe put some of this in there, but to be honest, the league is not ready for it. And I, I wouldn't even say the league. I would say the U.S. soccer pyramid is not ready for it. You know, I've been doing the closed pyramid. I've been watching lower American soccer for so long. But, I mean, I was watching a game, Logan, in USL League One, playing at a college football field that, of course, had all the football lines on it and also having, like, orange soccer lines and my God, is it tough to tell when the ball is actually out of play? I almost default to football where I'm like, oh, they're on the touchline. And then, oh, no, it keeps, you know, because the, the soccer field so much bigger than a football field still. And it's hard to tell where the ball is at times. I couldn't imagine my team getting relegated all the way to that level and not be able to, you know, watch them comfortably. Yeah. It's just not at the level of I mean, some of these teams i mean i'm looking at nisa that has nine teams usl league one only has 12 teams i mean really the only way you could have it work is if it just went mls to usl league championship you cannot have it go any lower than that because none of these other leagues are as stable as as what they should probably be this part i'm worried about nisa folding right so then you're taking out another level of the soccer pyramid so I, while I get that that might help us with management stuff, I think there's ways to put pressure on the manager without just having relegation and promotion. And one of those things, again, is fan pressure. We're seeing it with Austin. How many times is Wolf Out tw- trending on Twitter after even like a win <laughs> or, a, or a draw? Um, it was trending before uh, the expansion club started. <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> And yes, uh, USL does play a lot on baseball fields, and 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 baseball plays so many times a day. Right, uh, but so I mean, it, it, so the, the baseball week. stadiums, the baseball stadiums fit MLS, Jordan. I don't know what the hell you're talking. About. Yeah, that's true. I guess we can't take MLS serious as well, right? Because <laughs> they play. Well, they are getting well, out of there. Thank team. God, yeah. they are getting out of there. But it is. But there's multiple teams in USL that that have the baseball. Um, I think like New Mexico had it uh, when I was watching, and the Rowdies playing an old baseball stadium. That's but the good thing is, some of those some of those stadiums stadium. actually have better dimensions. I think yeah. than Yankee Stadium because they're built in like multi-purpose stadiums instead of like, like in Oakland. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, so I, they don't look as bad even as as the NYCFC ones. As crazy as that sounds. But you know, there's ways to replicate it. One, like I said, fan pressure. Memphis and Omaha. Thank you, thank you for those shoutouts. Um, fan pressure. Show you know, empty seats. Um, just the fact that if we start limiting playoff teams again, you know, like there are ways. It is at the point, Logan, and I think I saw USMNT thoughts say this and stuff before the start of the season. If you're a big club and you miss the playoffs, it should be the end of the road for you. I'm sorry. You should yeah. be gone as manager. It should be done. Unless if there was extenuating circumstances that 
ownership feels like it wasn't the coaching side i'd say like the union seriously it's that it's the ccl curse it's like that ccl right it just takes it out of you like lafc is huge compared to philadelphia like i know that sounds crazy but like lafc they can just buy their way into depth like that's just the way that it's become but i say jim Curtin gets a pass so i mean there's ways that and they're working on extending them it sounds like from what jay sugarman was saying it's just there's ways to replicate pressure without it being just promotion or relegation. So I I do think when we just kind of say that blanketly, like, you know, there will be a lot of people that will just throw that out there. It's like that's what you need to put pressure on. I don't think it's true. I do think that there's ways to do it, and I think that we're starting to see it. I'm starting to – well, I think it was somebody asked Shasha Kleshton, I think, on the weekend, um, is, is Phil Neville – on the hot seat. And he said, if we're not, if he's not, what are we even doing? And that's kind of the thought process I have. And if Phil Neville's on the hot seat, then anyone underneath of Miami should be on the hot seat. Miami has nine points. They're only three points out of a playoff spot. All right. Kansas city. That means Peter Ramiz should be like flaming hot. Right. And I know we've talked about SKC now for like 20 minutes, but it just gets something riled up here because how many times can the managers just go to the press conference and just be like, I don't know, that's on me. How many times can you do that until it's actually on them and they get pushed out of the club? This is a guy I did want for the U.S. national team at some point, so it's not like I'm just upset. It, it, there comes a time when managers run their course. The, the players aren't getting the message. They're they're sick and tired of it. I mean, he's been coaching there since they were the Wizards, right? So this has been 10, 12 years. Sometimes it's just time to go. And he could go to another club and have a huge success because those players are now just getting the message. There's a, there's a song, Jordan. That, that I think uh, supporting Kansas City fans can just listen to. Uh, maybe the front office, maybe, you know, get a nice glass of wine, turn the lights down real low in Children's Mercy Park and sit there with the lights dimmed, maybe a picture of Peter up on the screen, listen to, to some closing time, just some, you know, you don't have to go home, Peter, but you can't <laughs> yeah, stay here. here. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that for a bit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's time. Like, it does suck because a legendary coach like that, I mean, it's like getting rid of like a Pat Riley and in the NBA or like a Bill Belichick eventually. Right. It's a, it's like getting rid of like, it's just the message just doesn't come across anymore. A lot of times too, like, and you see it a ton is once a coach gets older, the connection with younger players becomes difficult. Like I'm sure. Well, I mean, Bruce Arena is doing pretty damn well right now. <laughs> but he's like a, you know what I mean? But like he's like a, like he's like a Bill Belichick where like yeah, yeah. it's that tough love kind of thing where I think that still fits because he doesn't have to show you that he loves you. It's just Bruce. That's what they always say. It's just Bruce. It's just how he is. Bob Bradley, kind of same thing. It's just Bob. Like that's just what he does. 
there's only a certain amount of people that get away with that for so long. But you've seen that with Tony La Russa, right? Like Tony La Russa comes back to baseball and it's a falling asleep in the dugout. Dude, the dude's <laughs> dude's a mess, like absolute mess. But it's like it is like that. It, 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 there becomes a time where a manager becomes uh, or gets to a point where he just can't connect to the players anymore. And I think that's what you've got here. I think it's just it's time to move on, clean the sheet. Um, he's going to go somewhere else. He's probably going to do well wherever he goes. But I think it's time to to move on and just empty out the house. They could, I, I think they could use some clean sheets old. at this point. <laughs> Give them a lot of goals. <laughs> yes, but that, I don't know. The roster is just so old. It's time. They are an aging roster too. It's they just need a whole reset at this point. I think is is the unfortunate bit for them. So um, play the kids. Yeah. Well, hopefully they have some. Uh, if they I don't, can I don't really, I don't, I don't really know too. their. I don't really know their youth setup that well. Right. But yeah. Um. So let's go through the standings real quick. So New England at first in the East, Cincinnati in second, Atlanta three points behind in third. Nashville in fourth with 15 points. NYCFC in fifth with 15 points. Columbus in sixth with 14 points. DC United in seventh place with 14 points. They're playing well. Orlando in eighth with 14 points. They've only played nine matches. Toronto has jumped up to ninth. Bob Bradley having a little bit of a sigh of relief, I'm sure. They have 12 points. Philadelphia Union in 10th with 11. Chicago in 11th with 11. Miami in 12th with 9. Montreal in 13th with 9. Charlotte in 14th with 9. And the Red Bulls in 15th with 9. The East is actually the the stronger one this year, I guess, in, in that regard. Looking over at the West, Seattle in first with 20 points. That means our Supporter Shield winners so far would be a tie of New England and Cincinnati with 21. Seattle in first with 20 points, St. Louis in second with 19, LAFC in third with 18. They've only played eight games. Dallas in fourth with 15, San Jose in fifth with 15. They've been a good team this year. Houston in sixth with 13, the Ben Olsen effect. Um, Minnesota in seventh with 12. They've fallen off the last uh, few games here. Portland in eighth with 11 points. Vancouver in ninth with 11 points, which means all of the Cascadia teams are in a playoff spot currently. RSL in 10th with 10 points. Austin in 11th with nine. Colorado in 12th with nine. LA Galaxy in 13th with six. Kansas City in 14th with three. Anything else sticking out to you, anything else sticking out to you about these positions before we maybe move on? I, I mean, I guess... St. Louis still keeping pace for second in the West. Uh, I mean, when you start out that well, you can kind of go through a spell that they've kind of gone through, losing three of their last five, um, but still sitting second in the West. Maybe that does speak to how bad the West has been um, just recently, especially. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think that is what ultimately sticks out to me because I think the Eastern Conference is, is just a, a wild card, and we knew that coming into the season. We just thought – you know, we, we looked at the West and go, that's pretty solid. Like we're going to have, and we hit when we do, we have like the same top four teams that I think we thought were going to be up there, you know, barring the St. Louis weird um, kind of bounce in. But uh, I think we thought Austin was going to be there, but uh, you know, looking at the West, I'd say that there, there's two really good teams in the Western conference. It's LAFC and Seattle. Like, and I, I think we knew that. I think we knew D or, you know, Dallas could surprise some people and they have, um, Whereas the Eastern Conference, besides Cincinnati, I never would have projected 
most of these teams being where they are, I don't think. So, especially like a DC United, uh, I didn't think that Nashville would be behind Atlanta United. That's kind of wild. So, I don't know. It's kind of a weird, it's weird. Austin, uh, they ended up drawing late at home. Ibovici gave San Jose a lead in the 75th minute. Terusi equalized in the 78th minute. Some Austin fans were happy about that. I'm sure they weren't happy with the overall performance. Uh, St. Louis tied it up in the 79th minute, but then uh, Jimmy Chara equalized, uh, gave Portland the win in the 82nd minute, just three minutes later. So that was kind of an up-and-down feeling game for the St. Louis fans there. Orlando, Cara, and Torres scoring um, against LA Galaxy. Does that move the needle at all for you, Logan? Are you feeling good, or is it just like, as ah, the Galaxy? No, nah, I mean, it, <laughs> the only good thing that comes from that is actually winning a game at home. Orlando has a hard time doing that. So yeah, yeah. That was nice, like being able to beat a team that you're supposed to beat 2-0, um, and I thought played pretty well. So, uh, yeah, like it's not great because we just lost to D.C., but D.C.'s played well-ish, so – I don't know. I'm still kind of indifferent. I, Orlando just hasn't come together yet. It's still kind of that weird. What are we? So, DC United beat Charlotte 3-0. Taxi Fountas, 34th minute. Benteke, 75th minute. Bicycle kick. And Jacob Green, a defender, getting his first MLS goal. He's played five games. He is a homegrown player. So that's a pretty fun story for Jacob Green. He sealed it in the 90th plus five minutes to give them a 3-0 win. Benteke scoring on that, like I said, that's a good sign for DC. I mean, they're sitting seventh. That's Yeah, this has been a pretty good, good shock, I think. Yeah. They're only four points off third. Like That's how good DC's been. That's the Wayne Rooney effect. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, th- that's really all that stuck out to me, I guess. Uh, Minnesota and Dallas drew nil-nil on the Sunday night game. Wasn't that great of a game. Let's go ahead and do our Match of the Week previews. Tomorrow, May 2nd, 10 p.m. on FS1, LAFC and the Philadelphia Union face off to see who has the right to go to the CONCACAF Champions League finals because they play two games. So uh, we'll see. And then Tigres currently has a 2-1 advantage on Lyon. So probably Tigres uh, LAFC is probably what we're th- what we're thinking, which would what? Be a rematch of 20... What year is that? 2021? 2021, yeah. And then Tigres won and went to the Club World Cup? So that could be a fun rematch. Um, I I I think the Union are done. I'm sorry, they're going to be going to LA. Uh, they usually do play LAFC good, but I just think I don't know. I don't have a good vibe about it. So I think LAFC wins, and they'll face Tigres. Is my thoughts there? Do you have a prediction on the CCL? Gareth Bale, 95th minute header to win it for the Union. It's going to be absolutely wild. We're signing uh, him? Oh, yeah, my just, goodness. It's only a matter of time. Well, he, <laughs> well, what happened, Jordan, was that Bale got confused. The guys from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, reached out to him. Yeah. Reached out to him, and they thought he thought that it, they were owning the union, but it really was Wrexham. So yeah. That's another exciting thing. Wrexham got promoted. 
So, yes, I, yeah, that yeah, was good. That's a fun thing. So, spoiler alert for anybody watching season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Charlotte host NYCFC. This one is free at seven thirty on May six. Cincinnati hosting DC, which could be a really fun match there. That's the Luciano Costa Derby. <laughs> so we'll see which one wins that one. Miami versus Atlanta at 730. Uh Montreal hosting Orlando. Montreal, two in a row. Uh-oh. This seems primed for an Orlando slip up, I feel like. We'll see. Uh, Montreal are home, so that's a good sign for them. New York Red Bulls hosting the Philadelphia Union. San Jose hosting LAFC. Toronto hosting the New England Revolution. Dallas hosting St. Louis. That one's at 830. Houston hosting Salt Lake as they're like, finally, we're done with the Eastern Conference for a bit. Nashville is hosting Chicago at 830. LA Galaxy hosting Colorado for a battle of the bottom of the West, 1030 p.m. And uh, Portland, Austin at 1030. That can be a fun match. Vancouver, Minnesota at 1030. And then also on Sunday, Seattle for Sporting Kansas City. That's at 4.30. It's free. It's also on Fox. So it looks like there's only one free game this week before the before the Seattle game. Usually six a week. I don't know if this is just like, oh, we already gave too many away right now, so this week's only one or what. But out of these, Logan, which one interests you the most? Um, I'm going to go with San Jose and LAFC. I know LAFC will probably play kind of like a, I guess a more depleted um, starting 11 just because I, they play midweek. I think it'll but, depend on how that midweek game goes. Yeah. It might, yeah. If they but, lose, uh, maybe they go out and try. Yeah. There's two really good matchups. On, I don't know if you're picking the other one in the West, but there's two really good matchups at the top of the table teams in the West, but the San Jose and LAFC one intriguing because it's California. Uh, I think that's a fun little Derby. Um, and I, San Jose has played really well. Christian Abobasi, uh, or sorry, Jeremy Abobasi and Christian Espinoza. We're going to put them together um, and make one dual threat. But it, it's uh, they've got six goals and five goals. So 11 goals out of the 13 goals have come off of the foot of Espinoza or Abobasi. So that's a lot of fun. Um, it might spell some trouble when those two don't score. San Jose typically doesn't. So uh, but I think that's a lot of fun just playing LAFC because uh, currently San Jose sit fifth, Jordan. And, man, it's it's kind of nice to be able to speak about San Jose and D.C. United. I know D.C. United has had success in the past, but, like, ever since I've been around, San Jose's been about as irrelevant uh, as maybe supporting Kansas City is every match they show up this year. So, um, but, no, I think that's an exciting one. I think San Jose could get three points. It's uh, in San Jose. It's against an LAFC team that will probably be a little bit fatigued. And this could be a cute little statement for uh, San Jose, I think. That'd be a huge statement. Even yeah. if they can get a draw, that'd be great. I will go with Toronto, New England. So I'm going to go with Bob Bradley versus Bruce Arena. Toronto need to start getting some points. Um, they will be home where they do have two wins compared to away where they have no wins. And uh, New England, top of the top of the East. Is this a prime slip up? Oh, we're doing so well. We have to face bottom of the playoff spot, Toronto. Oops. <laughs> or is it 
uh, them going out there and just dominating the way that they've been playing this season. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see which is like, is this a test that new England can kind of pass when, um, or, you know, or does Bob Bradley get the, the leg up here on, on Bruce. Cool. Um, so I think that's about it. I mean, look, sporting. Uh, I think Seattle at home is just going to steamroll sporting so much. And Ramis will hit the podium afterwards and be like, that's on me. Uh, Johnny Russell will be like, I don't know how to fix it. We don't look like ourselves. And then they'll have to go through it again the following week. Unless they shock me, unless they shock me and actually make a move here soon, which I can't see happening. Do you think that attached. I think Burmese gets up there and goes, yeah, it's on." they fire him. And he's like, yeah, that's on me. I'm done. They fired me. It's on me. I don't know. I feel like at that point I would, I would switch it up. I go up there and be like, that's on them. Uh, yeah, I won them trophies. The players right. have not been putting in the effort. Right. That's Johnny on Russell me. can't even find the locker room anymore. That's how old he is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Then we have um, Open Cup the following week. So that'll be fun. Charlotte Orlando is a, is a good matchup. It is. Yeah. Um, only a couple uh, USL teams left. Uh, other than that, it's going to be an all in MLS affair. So no Sac Republic type run this year, I'm thinking here in the Open Cup. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so thank you all for watching or listening. You can catch us at Stateside Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think that's all of them. Email us statesideshow at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you next time. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.